to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, folks, to episode 88 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Welcome back, Taylor. Hey, thanks. Hey! Uh, how was the East Coast? It was fine. <laughs> it was there. Except I had no fucking cell service in all of Maine. <laughs> you know, it's funny that that's like one of the oldest parts in the country. You'd think they would definitely have cell coverage by now. You would think. Um, but you'd be wrong. How was the wedding? It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah. It was It was nice. It's my, my first Jewish wedding. Yeah. They crushed the cup. Yep. And sing the horror. They did. They put or them up on the, the horror. They put them up on the chairs. <laughs> <clears throat> My girlfriend's friend was absolutely terrified. Apparently, they're supposed to like hold a scarf. Like they're each supposed to hold an end of a scarf. I think I'm somewhat familiar with that. Yeah. She was like, no death grip on the chair, just absolutely <laughs> not letting go. That's like, what? What's gonna happen? I mean, you fall like what six feet, maybe. Well, it's, like there's so like many people die. under you. Somebody's gonna catch you. Yeah. It's like you're, nobody's gonna die. Right. Probably. <laughs> Um, cool. Did you do anything else or is it merely just the wedding? Uh, pretty much just the wedding. We spent a night in fucking Revere. Fucking Revere, dude. <laughs> I was the baddest dude in Revere. <laughs> but pretty much just, you know, crash there. That's yeah. about it. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how's Maine? I've never been to Maine. It's nice. It's, uh, it feels very kind of Pacific Northwesty. Really? Yeah, like rocks on the beaches instead of sand and shit. Same trees on the beach and just stuff that you're like, this doesn't belong anywhere <laughs> else in the country. <laughs> I mean, it's like on the same, like, was it longitude? Is that it? Left to right. Is that longitude or latitude? I don't know. Changes in attitude, changes in latitude. <laughs> yep. Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Play Margaritaville. <laughs> Oh, good times. Um, how'd you like the episode with my dad? It was pretty good. It was all right. There was one point where he used the word super dyke, and I went, ooh. Yeah, he says things. <laughs> my dad doesn't have much of a filter. And as I've discussed before, and as he discussed himself on the show, he's gotten very anti-liberal, so. Yeah, I, I did notice that. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, but it's good to have you back. Hey, thanks. Business as usual. Um, what else is new? Anything? You're, are you all moved in now? Pretty much. We just got to hang stuff on the walls. Cool. Yeah. You're having a get together tomorrow. Yeah, I'm having some people over to watch wrestling. Right. But not actually in my apartment. Oh, in what the, 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 the media room area. Right. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's Father's Day. Otherwise, I'd go. Yeah. that's That was a lot of people's response. Yeah. Uh, huh. Um, got turned down for another house. Hey. That's, that's always fun. Um, it's kind of what I've come to expect at this point, <laughs> which is kind of a... Your wife. My wife. Hi, wife. Hi, wife. Um, yeah, we've uh, gotten to a point where it's just like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're probably not going to get it. 
It's a bummer. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's like that. That's my frame of mind, at least. Like I was trying to convince my wife to uh, be a little more negative about it. Because <laughs> it's like, I had this frame of mind where it's like, okay, we put the offer in and it would be cool if we got it, but we're probably not going to get it. And so I just like, you know, for the week, because we put in our offer on Saturday or Sunday and they weren't reviewing offers until the following Friday. So this whole week we've just been sitting stewing, wondering what's going to happen. And I just had this frame of mind where it's like, you know, our past is our, our past with trying to put offers in on houses uh, is very telling because we still have the same amount of money to offer and we're still looking at the same price range of houses. So the same thing's probably going to happen. Mm. It's very depressing, but it keeps me from being like as disappointed as, you know, her. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, it's, I mean, it's still upsetting. Um, just knowing that we, in less than a month, in uh, about 13 days, we have to sign another lease. Um, and, you know, we don't, we're already past the threshold where we can tell them if we're leaving or not, because we have to give a 20-day notice. Right. We're past that. So now we're it's basically determined by, like, what kind of lease are we going to sign? We need month to month. I think they think they had three months. <clears throat> Six or seven month, maybe, and then 11 month, or basically a year. So now we're at that point where it's like we need to decide what we're going to do from here. If we found a house before the end of the month, we could just say, okay, we're going to stay here for one month and then we'll move out. But that's looking less and less likely. So you're thinking maybe like a three month or something? Yeah, I'm, at this point, I don't know. She doesn't want to stay here anymore, and I can't blame her. Well, I mean, sure. Because, I mean, you know, as far as apartments go, this isn't bad. Right. But it's becoming pretty intolerable. We've lived here for four years now, and the walls are closing in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's about it, uh, I guess. Yep. Um, I guess before we get things going, we'll go ahead and thank our Patreon patrons, Max Zaleski, Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison and Kevin Trent. Didn't know what you were doing. Um, thank you very much, guys. Your contribution is very appreciated. Um, and I hope you don't regret it. <laughs> uh, Taylor, if somebody else would like to contribute with their hard-earned dollars, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. Yep. They can get perks for as little as a dollar, including monthly video reviews chosen by our Patreon patrons. Yes, which we're actually going to be doing later today. Yes. Uh, so if you want to know what movie we're doing and you'd like to see it, then go ahead and drop five dollars. One dollar. Just one dollar. What's the, what's five dollars? That... Five dollars gets your name in the show, like the gentleman we just mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And it also gets you um, a 5% discount at the Grave Plot Podcast merch store. I thought there was something else. Uh, $5 was, I could have sworn it was the video reviews, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You are. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, early access. That's what it is. Oh, yes. Early access to the raw, uncut, 
uncensored audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're into that. Yeah, and sorry I missed that one last episode, guys. Um, See what happens? I leave and everything just falls apart. <laughs> just went to shit. No, it was a very, very busy weekend. And honestly, I tried to um, make, like, because... You know, it's an unedited episode, meaning I don't take anything out of it. But in order to make it uh, so you can listen to it, basically I'll, I'll master the levels so everything's nice and crisp and sounding. You can hear everything, and I'll take the fuzz out because anybody that does a podcast knows that there is almost always fuzz. So those are the two things I do to every early access episode. All the content is completely unedited. Um but I tried to do that probably about five times, and I couldn't get the fucking thing to to work for me because my computer would freeze, or the program would crash, or something would happen with the file, get corrupted or something, and so I had to keep starting over, and I just gave up. So, it's not like anybody fucking listens to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are joined, um, well, no, my, my wife is there, yeah. And my looks like my cousin sent a like. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that don't know, we uh, we live stream the beginnings of our episodes on Facebook. So make sure you head over to facebook.com slash graveplotpodcast and check those out. Make sure you give us a like so you get notifications when we're when we're live. Yes. Um and this is my apartment, or at least one wall of it. We haven't recorded here in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Because this place is usually a disaster. So I just don't want to bring people in. <laughs> Fair but, enough. But we cleaned up for our party last weekend, uh, and we've actually managed to keep it mostly clean for a week. So that's a plus. Well done. <clears throat> anyway, um, so, yep. Yep. <laughs> should, we, should we jump into some horror business then? Yeah, I mean, we can do that. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about this? Uh, I don't know. Not really. Okay. Fuck it. Fuck Asylum. <laughs> okay, let's do some more business. Okay, so uh, real world horror. Um, down in uh, Peru, 80 students uh, at the Elsa Perea Flores School in Tarapoto, um, suddenly fainted, had seizures, and some of them were uncontrollably screaming. Uh, there are claims being made that they were all simultaneously possessed. Is that, can that happen? I guess. I thought possession was like a one person deal. I don't know. Um, Unless it, this like squad of demons just came rolling up. I don't, it sounds like. Uh, a bunch of You're like hey Pazuzu we should go to Peru sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me yeah some of the symptoms they claim to have were vomiting delirium and shared hallucination 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 when you hallucinize <laughs> that is the act of hallucination it's hallucination I don't think that's any of that's right I have Many words in my vocabulary. I have the best words. <laughs> um, some of the students claim they saw a tall man 
dressed in black with a big, with a great big bushy beard. <laughs> um, they said the man in black tried to kill them. Oh, uh, this is clearly just marketing for Dark Tower. <laughs> I was wondering, maybe it was a uh, Slender Man. He's got native Slenderman. He just <laughs> Slender Man with just this great big beard. <laughs> He's on vacation. <laughs> Um, local villagers said it was a case of demonic possession and the authorities were immediately called to the scene. <laughs> what are they going to do? It's like arrest them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like cops, you know, they roll in. It's like, well, you know, I don't believe in any of this, so <laughs> I can't arrest a fucking demon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking demon. Um, Local authorities call the doc call doctors, exorcists, and priests. I guess that's what they can do um, to figure out the cause for a massive outbreak of seizures. Aren't exorcists usually priests? Um, I th- I think usually, yeah. I think there are probably some f- some freelance ones. <laughs> you know, I think at least based on movies that I've seen, I imagine they're probably mostly like. You know, people that have been excommunicated from the church. Oh, yeah, I guess that does tend to be the case, at least in movies. Um, I watched this one movie where there was a, it was a bunch of fairly well-known actors, although I can't remember any of them off the top of my head right now, but um, there's like six of them or so, uh, and they were all like former clergymen of different sects of Christianity. Um, but they're all exorcists and they, they'd all been excommunicated from the church for different, you know, um, what's the word transgressions. That's not word. That, that, that's not a word. Um, the right word. Uh, I don't know. Bad things that they've done. Diddling kids. <laughs> I don't diddle kids. Um, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's an awesome fucking story, man. <laughs> oh, fun. Um, this is silly. Well, I mean, according to reports in the local media, the school is built on an ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> of course, it is <laughs> not ancient Indian burial ground, but on an old cemetery. And apparently, the, the students like to play games that are intended to evoke spirits. Oh, well, you know, that so always goes well. These in fuckers had it coming. Yeah. It's like, just don't fuck with things that you don't understand kids. Yeah. It's usually, you know, that simple. Um, actual real scientists are like, no, this is not that at all. This yeah, is a real thing. That's probably contagious. So maybe don't, don't fuck with it. Yeah. I would maybe look into uh, food and, and water. Nesgoda said mold. Could be mold. Sure. Um, I don't know what kind of conditions they have in Peru, but I imagine they're not up to, like, like say, like, U.S. standards. First world standards. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know how high our standards are anymore. Oh, they're, they're dropping by the minute. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Because we have to have vouchers for everything. Everything has vouchers. I vouch for that. <laughs> vouchers, vouchers, vouchers. Um, yeah, one of the students who 
wanted to stay anonymous, uh, said, I felt as if he strangled me. My friends say that I was screaming desperately, but I do not remember what happened. You know, it's for them to have the same hallucinate. <laughs> Did it again. <laughs> Still not a word. <laughs> Hallucination um, doesn't really mean anything because if one kid who's having some kind of seizure uh, or hallucination of some kind pictures, you know, a, a man in black with a beard, with a big beard, and he says, "Ah, oh, you know, this guy who's trying to attack me, he looks like this." Then the other kids that are having some kind of fit, they're going to see that too. Yeah, it's called mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, God, God bless science even though nobody wants to believe in it anymore. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Did you ever see the episode of 30 Rock with the gas leak with Michael Keaton? Uh, I'm sure I have, but I don't And remember. they all started seeing Rachel Dratch as the little blue person. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I haven't seen that. That doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> <coughs> so maybe it was a gas leak. Maybe it was a gas leak. Maybe Michael Keaton was there. Maybe it was something with swamp gas and the lights. Now you're talking about UFOs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was dumb. <laughs> like you weren't fucking possessed. And I can't believe the cops called exorcists instead of being a little more rational than immediately jumping to possession. <laughs> really? <laughs> fucking possession. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Some, I mean, it sounds like it's a, like a small village, so it's you know they probably have different belief systems. Full of stupids. <laughs> anyway, all right, that's enough. So, um, Ivan Reitman still doesn't get it. <laughs> uh, his big idea for the next Ghostbusters film is to take the original good Ghostbusters movies and connect them to the garbage Ghostbuster movie. No, that's what it's missing. That's what's been missing this entire time. Connecting the universes. Uh, he says, we're doing a lot of work about where do we go next with Ghostbusters? That's a terrible sentence. <laughs> I think one thing the fans have clearly wanted, and so did I. No, we didn't. Nope. Uh, that somehow we tie the worlds together. Who who told him that? I want, I want names. <laughs> I think it was a little awkward that it wasn't connected, and we certainly heard a lot from everybody out there. So I would definitely want to connect all of that. Here's my problem. <laughs> You just, just one? <laughs> my problem with this particular line of thinking. This whole thing. Is that they made a fucking remake. Yeah. No matter what they want to try and sell me, I'm not buying it. It was not a fucking sequel. No. Even though the trailer said 30 years ago, four scientists, not would, you know, they weren't four scientists. And they spent so much time making it very clear that it was not connected to the original. Yeah. Like other than that trailer, which tried to loosely make it seem like it's almost tied to it right by bringing up the previous movies mm -hmm. but at the same time you had ernie hudson you had bill murray and you had dan Aykroyd in this movie as different characters yeah. 
<laughs> what the? F- I mean, does he think we're just a bunch of rubes? I yes. Mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um, he goes on to say, because Ghostbusters, that idea doesn't have to just take place in New York. It can happen over the world. I think it would be really cool to see Korean ghosts or Chinese ghosts. All those great traditions in the world have all these tales and things those people are afraid of. To have a sort of local group of Ghostbusters that tie with the head office in New York would be fun. Now, you may remember that this little podcast out of Seattle, Washington, came up with this very same goddamn fucking idea when they first announced they were remaking Ghostbusters. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Like it was yesterday. What a bunch of brilliant guys, or a couple of brilliant guys on that podcast. You know, yeah, you can franchise the Ghostbusters. If you want to make a sequel... And, you know, but at the same time, have it be this new thing. You have Ghostbusters LA, Ghostbusters Hawaii, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Vegas, <laughs> Ghostbusters Korea, Ghostbusters China, Ghostbusters Miami. Yeah! <laughs> um, I don't know why he focused particularly on Asia. <laughs> yeah, he just said Korea and China. Maybe he's got a thing for Korean and Chinese women. Like, I mean, you could have gone with, you know, like Russia and uh, Ireland and Ireland would be good. Africa, all over the world, not everywhere, not just, not just Asia. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, I don't know when he says, uh, I think it was a little awkward that it wasn't connected. It's like, you fucking think. (laughs) Oh yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. I, th- I, I feel like a lot of people said that like right off the bat. It's like, well, why aren't they the same? Yeah, This kind of feels like like uh, Reitman is trying to retcon all the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to make it uh, marketable still. Um, and yeah, walking back all the mistakes that they made as far as continuity and, and storytelling. But it's like trying to take a shit movie and kind of where whereas they're trying to make it its own entity now they're it's like they're trying to like staple it onto the end of <laughs> ghostbusters 2 so it's attached uh yeah so stupid <laughs> like is he really that oblivious to uh i mean the the desires of the fans i don't think he is i just i think like you said he's trying to still make it marketable He's he's not willing to backtrack and say, you know what, we made a terrible movie. That does that does seem like the case. Uh, I mean, he and um, well, you know, he backed off of directing it when Ramis died. Yeah, but he still EP'd it, so it means he was still getting a paycheck. Uh, Ackroyd, you know, he was just looking for money based on a franchise that he had already. Like something he had to put minimal work into. I like how people kept making it a story of like, well, Dan Aykroyd says it's good. I'm like, yeah, Dan Aykroyd gets a paycheck if the movie makes money. Right. Of course he's going to say that. Yeah. It's like, oh, Dan Aykroyd says it's good. He's the original. He's an original Ghostbuster. You know, all the the original Ghostbusters say it's good. It's like, yeah, because they were in the fucking movie. Yeah. The more you see it, the more they get paid. And it's like. But every time somebody that wasn't in the movie said, oh, this movie's shit, it's like, oh, well, they're just being negative. They're being uh, anti-feminist and, you know, all this bullshit. It's like, maybe the movie just fucking sucks. Maybe it's bad direction, poor writing. Yeah. The things that make movies bad, not just the cast. Exactly. (laughs) Um, What does sound, if they do 
make another one. It doesn't sound like Paul Feig is going to be back. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd pretty much threw him under the bus, said that all the problems were his fault because they didn't do, or he didn't do what they told him to do. <laughs> they didn't film scenes that they told him to scene or told him to film and then went back at the end and was like, oh, we need to film these now. <laughs> And according to Aykroyd, it cost an extra 30 to $40 million to reshoot those scenes. But the studio said, no, three, three to four. Right. Aykroyd's been hitting the crystal skull vodka too much. <laughs> uh, but he did say that Feig spent too much on it and he didn't shoot scenes we suggested to him and he will not be back on the Sony lot anytime soon. I have. That is a sweeping declaration. Yeah, it really is. Like you don't own Sony, Aykroyd. <laughs> But he does own part of the rights. Well, I mean, he could say he won't be back filming Ghostbusters again, but to just ban him from the entire Sony lot. Sure. I don't think you have that power. Yeah. But it's just like uh, Gore Verbinski. He's not really welcome at Disney anymore. <laughs> Is Does Aykroyd have anything to do with the uh, Great Outdoors remake? I don't know, but it wouldn't shock me. I don't think he was involved in writing it, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Goddamn Aykroyd. So yeah, they're going to try and uh, cobble something watchable out of this Ghostbusters universe, but personally, my hopes are not high. Yeah. And you know... And okay, if they want to they bridge the worlds, you think you're going to get Bill Murray back? No, fuck no. How long did it take to get Bill Murray to do a cameo in the remake? Yeah. You're and not going to get him back into the fucking overalls. Yeah, and after how much they shit on, everybody shit on the remake, it's like, you think he's going to go back for more? Yeah. Fuck that. You're not going to see Peter Venkman in that movie. Yeah, and it's like all, th you know, this whole thing, you know, making making a bad movie, um, trying to accuse people who didn't like it of being anti-feminist, uh, and that whole controversy, um the thing, you know, the the thing with Leslie Jones, um, you know, the, all the all racism that reared its ugly head and that stuff, and uh, all the crit, uh, criticism of Paul Feig and and uh, Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman even, and now this thing where he's trying to s basically walk everything back and say, oh well, no, it was, it was connected somehow. Don't worry, we'll figure out the details later. It's it's dragging the Ghostbusters name through the mud. And then just stomping on it and shitting on it and rolling it up and putting it in the dryer and heating it up and just making it really gross. <laughs> you know, people always like to say, oh, you know, the, the old movies will still be there. They'll still be just as good every time. But the thing is, if I go find some, you know, like if let's say you, you have a kid and you're like, hey, son, you, let's watch Ghostbusters. And he's like, no, Ghostbusters is fucking dumb. Yeah. And you're like, but no, there's there's good ones. Mm -hmm. They came first. He's like, I don't I don't believe you. Yeah, there have been, I mean, God, I'm saying this and now I'm, I'm realizing I can't think of any particular examples, but there have been movies that have been remade and they were bad remakes. And it's like, you know, I've got people like m my dad saying, oh, well, the, you got to see the original. The original is really good. And then I watch it and it's just not good. Um but it's like there are people that wouldn't even give it that chance because they have such a bad taste in their mouth. From, yeah. And it's like, that's, that's fine for them because I'm still a fan of the originals. 
And that's not going to change because of some shitty remake. Right. It doesn't ruin my childhood. Anybody who said that about Ghostbusters was fucking full of shit. No. But what it does is ruin the legacy of the original. Yeah. And I'm, I'm almost positive we've said this before. It ruins the legacy of the original because future generations aren't going to want to watch the original Ghostbusters because they think the remake sucks. Yeah. And be so, like, oh, Ghostbusters is just nothing but a bunch of CGI and corny jokes. Yeah. It's like, no, it's smart jokes. Not CGI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just sad. Fuck all these people. Every one of them. Like, everybody at Sony, Ivan Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, and Paul Feig. Fuck them all. We are so sorry, Harold Ramis. <laughs> we didn't want this to happen to you. <sighs> all right. Okay, um, so we've talked before about the lawsuit between Sean Cunningham or Horror Inc. and um, Victor Miller uh, under uh, Manny Company. Um, basically, Victor Miller, who wrote the original Friday the 13th, um, is suing for rights to the franchise because he's he basically got paid for the first movie, but he hasn't received anything since then uh um and cunningham is basically maintaining that victor miller was hired like basically as a hired gun he was given um a spec to write from and basically hired on a like a, a one-shot basis freelance basically yeah there were no royalties involved there was no um uh no offer to to continue or whatever. It was a one shot thing because if you remember the first Friday the 13th, it was supposed to be the only Friday the 13th. Right. Intending to make sequels. Um, uh, but yes, uh, the court papers say that, uh, Cunningham, uh, conceived the idea to do a Halloween type film, uh, that it was he who hired the team, including Miller to develop the idea. Uh, and then it was he who, who obtained financing, and that it was he who controlled all the creative decisions, which I have zero issue believing. I mean, I mean, just even now that guy's a control freak. But oh yeah, I mean, I have to imagine he was the same back then. Um, uh, Victor Miller's attorney said, uh, or let's see, uh, he says that the producer provided the writer with no employee benefits whatsoever, no health insurance, no paid vacation, no pension, and so forth. Um, and like I said, Miller, uh, Victor Miller wrote a 15 page treatment called the long night at camp blood, uh, and the screenplay on spec at his home without daily supervision. Um, so, oh, yeah, I misunderstood. Maybe it was, was it his idea? No. Okay. So it was, it was Cunningham who came up with the general idea to do something along the lines of Halloween. Yeah. And then it sounds like he contacted <laughs> Miller. And said, here's my idea, write it for me. Right. And so Miller wrote the 15-page treatment, got approved, and then wrote, or no, on spec means he, so he wrote a 15-page treatment and then wrote the screenplay, and I imagine probably showed it to Cunningham, and that's what they went with. Um, 
Victor Miller's attorney, Mark Tobaroff, uh, looks to have a court, court honor with the ter- honor the termination provisions of copyright code, but also speaks about what it will mean. Basically, the the copyright law says that after, like, you can only hold the rights for X amount of years before you have to re up them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Miller is saying that you know that deadline comes up in 2018, and he wants the rights back. He. I don't. It's, I mean, I don't know copyright law, but I don't think you can do that. I think whoever owns the rights has basically first grab at them. I, I don't know exactly how it works, but that's that's basically what he's trying to accomplish. He's trying to get you know this this provision is expiring, and he wants the rights reverted to him somehow. Mm. Um. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, I was reading. I think it was something you sent me. Basically, uh, somebody talking about how Miller was a member of the WGA and the WGA's uh, CBA uh, or collective bargaining agreement um, basically states that all those provisions that he's asking for weren't offered. There were no um, royalties or, you know, uh, health insurance or vacation. I mean, those, those come from the union. Those come that, that comes from the WGA itself. It doesn't come from the writers. So it seems to me like his issue should be with the WGA for not providing, not providing those things to him. I mean, right? I, I, in theory, I, I don't know enough about it to say yeah or nay. Yeah. I don't know. But this whole thing is fucking stupid. It's, it's, again, where, where it gets really messy is his uh, Miller's attorney was saying that Miller could, in theory, recover the U.S. copyright to the original film treatment and screenplay, but that the studio would still retain rights to the Jason character since he's not in the original. Right. And they would still own international distribution rights. So basically, Miller could make as many movies called Friday the 13th as he wanted in the United States, but he couldn't have Jason in them. Yeah. Meanwhile, Paramount, is it Paramount? Uh, Yeah. They could make movies with Jason called Friday the 13th, but they would be banned in the United States. Right. Which was an issue with um, when New Line took over. Yeah. Like New Line had to, in the 2009 remake, they had to have a partnership with Paramount in order to have the rights to the name Friday the 13th. Um but they had the rights to the name Jason Voorhees. They had the rights to the, the imagery of, of, of the hockey mask um, and basically the, the character of Jason. But they didn't have rights to the actual title, which is, you know, that's why it was Jason Goes to Hell. It was Jason X. And so, again, in 2009, when they finally made the remake, and they, they actually call it Friday the 13th is because they had a partnership with Paramount for those rights. So, I mean, film rights are fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this, this is messy. Could you imagine if they came out with a new Friday the 13th that didn't have Jason? That nobody would watch it. Exactly. I mean, even if they tried to like legitimately remake um, Friday, the 13th, Friday the 13th with Pamela Voorhees, I don't think anybody would watch it because people this day and age, you know, true fans like me and, you know, and you and you know, people that, that love the original series, if they made a remake with Pamela Voorhees, yeah, we'd definitely go watch it because sure. it's a Friday the 13th movie. Um, 
but people that know Friday the 13th as that movie with Jason, then nobody would fucking watch it. And it would tank. It would be absolutely no point. So, um, but then you'd have all these foreign movies called Friday the 13th coming out by an American studio starring Jason, but they would be banned in the United States. Right. That would be insane. But I don't, I don't think they'd do that. I would think they would go back to their old formula, not calling it Friday the 13th and using as little backstory as possible. Probably. Because that's the thing. You know, when you see things in credits, like that say, you know, story based on or, you know, story inspired by or characters or based on characters by blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's what it's doing. It's referencing the first uh, film. Yeah. Um, even though there's no mention of it anywhere else, no reference, no connection other than just lore. Um, that's, that's really all there is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so my question, could the studio put out movies with Jason Voorhees in America, not called Friday the 13th? Like if they did, you know, did Jason returns or whatever could like, would that be allowed? If I'm understanding this correctly, then yeah. Just as long as they don't use Friday the 13th. Yeah. And they probably How confusing could. would that be if you had Friday the 13th movies and Jason movies existing parallel? Like two queen strikes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be dumb and childish. I think yeah. they just need to find a way to settle this. I think they need to take the rights and just bury them in a hole and forget about them. Or that. Yeah. Definitely. Or sell them to us. Sell them to us. Yeah. For cheap. <laughs> I got a pretty good idea in the works. I'll make a movie for next to nothing and it'll be pretty good. You hear that, people? Pretty good. That is a ringing endorsement. <laughs> um, <clears throat> was it? I was going to say one other thing. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. They need to figure it out. Yeah. Because, again, this is dragging Jason's name through the mud. Yeah. And I, Oh, that was what it, what it was. Um, like, I, w- I would probably guess that Cunningham couldn't use Crystal Lake. Oh, he yeah. probably couldn't use the name. He probably couldn't say Jason Voorhees. Just Jason. Just Jason. Um, that w- that would be my guess. I would think you're right because I mean Jason Voorhees, Pamela Voorhees, Crystal Lake, Camp Crystal Lake. Those are all from the original part one. Yeah, written by Victor Miller. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that would that would be my guess. Which you know, both parties lose. If they're both they're both gonna put their flags down, or put their flags in the in the ground, and uh, and not budge, then nobody's gonna win, and it's this whole thing's gonna explode. And like you said, it would be better for them to just say, "Okay, we're never making a Friday Thirteenth movie again." Just put them it, put it everything in a time capsule until they're both dead, <laughs> and then just let somebody new. Namely us, open it, and just have it for free. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll make a lot of money with it. <laughs> anyway, I guess uh, that's all I have to say about that. Moving right along.
So in the 90s, there was this uh, kind of kid horror phase that was fucking awesome. It was incredible. <laughs> and you had things like, you know, Monster Squad. I guess that's more 80s, but still. Uh, 80s, 90s, you had Monster Squad and you had The Gate. And then you had TV shows like Goosebumps, of course, based on the books. And of course, Are You Afraid of the Dark on SNCC. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you who are maybe too young to remember. Little guys. Are You Afraid of the Dark was about the Midnight Society, which was a group of kids who would sit around a campfire and tell scary stories. And then basically the show would reenact them. Yeah. It was basically like a kid version of um, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Um, much less violent, of course. Um, because Tales from the Crypt was based on a comic book series, naturally, Are You Afraid of the Dark had much less of a comic feel to it. But essentially the same premise. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just it was on Nickelodeon, whereas uh, Tales from the Crypt was on HBO. Right. So they could get away with a lot more. Yes. Uh, like swearing and boobies. Yep. <laughs> I uh, like boobies. I, yeah. Boobies are good. Well, there is now an Are You Afraid of the Dark fan film in the work. Uh, this is being directed by two gentlemen named Nathaniel Ingram and Zach Lockard or Lockard. Uh, Ingram says, we feel this tribute is long overdue. We all grew up on the show and it plays a major role as to why I am a writer today. I did decide to go a darker route with this tribute film, but it will be entertaining for the whole family. And you might even notice some odes to the original series. It makes me wonder, like he says, it's going to be darker. I mean, does that mean more adult? But he still says entertaining for the whole family. That's true. So maybe more adult, but not like all the way to. But maybe it's the difference between whereas the, the original series was like, I don't know, probably say like PG or maybe like PG. Maybe this one will be like PG 13. Mm. A little more risky. <laughs> uh, the story is the midnight society returns for a new tale of terror. It follows a young boy, Christopher, as he stays for a weekend at his grandpa Jasper's house. <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> What he doesn't know is his grandfather has more than one guest for the weekend. I'm sure it's more sinister than it sounds. <laughs> yeah. It's not like he walked into the bedroom and found some other guy sleeping in his bed. Found Jasper banging some old lady. Ha! <laughs> 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 ah, get out! <laughs> get out here, you little bastard! Oh, my pills wearing off. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's... You know, I would think, uh, to me, an Are You Afraid of the Dark fan film would be like an anthology. I would think would be would work more. Yeah, I mean, uh, the episodes were half an hour. Yeah. And to try and stretch one story into an hour and a half um, based on the same premise, I feel like this wouldn't really work. It would have to be like an anthology tale. I would think, yeah. Because yeah. then you also would get more wraparound with the Midnight Society, get them in there a little more. Because right now, this kind of just sounds like a movie that's introduced by the Midnight Society, and that <laughs> makes it an Are You Afraid of the Dark movie. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <sighs> Midnight Society, I mean, it says Midnight Society returns for a new tale. A new tale. Uh, oh, wait, we already established that. Never mind. We were musing about an anthology. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but it does say the Midnight Society returns, so I want I 
that makes me think that they're going to be some original cast members. Uh, I, would, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe he does say, uh, might even notice some odes to the original series. Maybe they might have some original. I don't, I don't know what any of the, those actors are doing now. Um, I mean, they're like, well, <laughs> there's Ryan Gosling. He's doing all right. He wasn't part of the midnight society though. Are you sure? Yeah. He was, I think he was just in an episode. Hmm. Maybe you're right. I don't know. There, I think. Uh, oh shit, Julia Stiles was one of them. No, that doesn't sound right. No. Who who played? Who was the little girl in Interview with the Vampire? What's her name? Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, it might have been her. I don't know about that either. I don't know. Uh, where are they now? Midnight Society. <laughs> But I wonder if they're still going to like cut back to the Midnight Society in the middle of the story. Because I feel oh. like you can't just have them like show up at the beginning and say, you know, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, light the match, and then that's it for the rest of the movie. Right. And then at the end, they come back to him and put out the fire. Right. It seems like just uh, using a property just for the for sake the of using yeah. it. Yeah. Which, for a fan film, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Cause, I mean, I guess it kind of does, but mm-hmm. you're not exactly going to be raking in the dough with it. No. Joanna, Joanna Garcia Swisher. Who's that? Her. She is on... Was she uh, on How I, Met, How I Met Your Mother? Uh, yeah, she was. The, and... the, the Window. Hmm? The Window. The Window? Yeah, that was the name of the episode. Because she was only ever single for a short time. Oh, right, right, so right. Yeah, yeah, the window's open. And she played uh, Ariel on Once Upon a Time. Oh. So there's that. I only saw a handful of that. Then uh, this chick. Oh, from wasn't she in like the Clueless TV show? Yep. <laughs> Why do I know this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Like I, I knew when you said that that, that was the case, but it seemed like a bit of a reach. Uh, oh, her, she was just in Happy Birthday, right? Yeah, Happy Birthday. I, I wasn't here for that. No, you weren't. All right, so they're they've they've done some things. I think that's her. They're still in the game, some of them. Yeah, you know, Elisha Cuthbert. That's who it was. I, I knew some blonde actress. <laughs> some blonde bitch. I don't remember her on there at all. Uh, okay. Well, that seems like it's about it. She probably won't be in it. Probably not. I mean, not that she's really doing much right now. I think she's. I think she's like a, not a housewife. That's not. That's not fair. But uh, I think she's just. Raising a family now. Mm. I could be wrong. Probably wrong. Could I'm usually be. wrong. Um, well, uh, I guess it's just called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Seems um, fitting. Comes out October 27th. I don't know what kind of release they're going to be looking at. If it's going to be VOD or if they're just going to have it like on their website or DVD. But um, check Google. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they have a website. <laughs> Nice research. They're probably on Facebook. Everyone's on Facebook. The Facebooks. 
Yep, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, on to the next story then. I am a This makes me want to throw up. This makes me want to throw up all over your head, sir. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, um, James Wan seems to just want to keep ruining my life. <laughs> he has some kind of personal grudge against me. Be- oh, wait. Oh, I got it. <laughs> the movie will make its premiere with a public screening at Guthrie Haunts in Riverside, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. on October 28th, 2017. For those of us who are not in Oklahoma, uh, the movie will air for free online on October 31st, 2017. Halloween. I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know. Just check Facebook. <laughs> God damn it, movie pilot. Fucked me over. <laughs> you can't use movie pilot as a reliable source. This movie made $362 on Indiegogo and they're actually making it. That's impressive. I would have thought it'd be, it would make way more than that. You would think. They probably just didn't get the attention that they needed. Yeah, they apparently seem to be getting it now. <laughs> oh, wait. I think this is still running. Oh. Okay, so check their uh, check their Indiegogo page. Indiegogo. Oh, I'm not reading all that. That's, that's way too long. <laughs> Indiegogo.com slash projects slash are you afraid of the dark a tribute film, but with hyphens in between every single word. We'll just post it in the show notes. Maybe. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, so, yes, James Wan being such a bastard. <laughs> Actually, it seems like he doesn't have a whole lot to do with this, like, directly. It sounds like it's mainly other people, like, doing this for him. But, um... Whatever, he started it. Yeah, fuck him. It's his fault. <laughs> It's his fault for existing. Um, but his work is being expanded into a shared universe because why not? Sorry, one more thing. Facebook.com slash Dark Hill Films. Okay. There you go. That's the studio making that movie. Not James Wan movies. No, no one should make James Wan movies anymore. <laughs> James Wan Except movies. Except they break in cash, so they're going to keep making them. Yeah, because people are stupid. Um, the Crooked Man, which is... Uh, From The Conjuring. Conjuring 2. Um, is a, they're, they're spinning that character off into a new movie. Like, I don't even know how to talk about this. This is so dumb. Uh, Crooked Man is a character based on an English nursery rhyme. There was a crooked man, and he walked a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence upon a crooked style. What's a crooked? What's a crooked style? Like a turnstile? I would think it would say turnstile. Maybe it doesn't turn. It's just a stationary <laughs> just, style. Just broken and crooked, <laughs> like my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he brought. He bought a crooked cat. Which caught a crooked mouse, Fucking and crooked they all cat. lived together in a crooked little house. A crooked cat. He's in 
He's in cahoots with the mouse. <laughs> Just extorting the crooked man. Getting paid off by the <laughs> dog. Maybe it's like a Tom and Jerry type thing where he keeps catching the same mouse over and over and like he gets food for it or gets payment. <laughs> gets payment. <laughs> some, some stupid Hanna-Barbera <laughs> Warner Brothers scheme like that. <clears throat> um, yeah, so the Crooked Man, like I said, was in Conjuring 2. Uh, they're just going to bleed these fucking movies dry. Oh, dude, like a fucking James orange. Wan will be producing The Chair, featuring The Chair from The Conjuring 2. <laughs> you know that chair that guy sat in? That was really spooky. <laughs> Oh, so dumb. Mike Van Wees, who is working on an as-yet-untitled horror-themed Wizard of Oz story. We talked about that on the show. Did we? We did. Oh. We talked about Flying Monkeys starring Mike Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will... Oh, sorry. We'll be... Uh, Mike we won't Van, be doing it. We, no, we will not be doing anything with we this. We will not be involved. Um, Mike Van Wees, who is working on an as-yet-untitled horror-themed Wizard of Oz story, will be tackling the script based on a story from James Wan. So he is involved with this, so fuck him. <laughs> uh, I need somebody to help me make James Wan stop making movies. Like, it, I, I can tell you right now what it's going to be like. It's going to look really creepy, and it's going to have it's going to be very atmospheric, but nothing's going to fucking happen. Yeah. It's kind of like getting a really good hand job, but then not being able to finish. And but then someone keeps like scaring you in between. You keep getting donkey punched in the back of your head. <laughs> um. Oh God, I don't. I just, I can't even pretend to care about this. Uh, Juan and Peter Saffron are producing. Um, no, Saffron. 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 I don't know. There's so many different ways to pronounce it. They're probably all wrong. Uh, it's unknown if uh, Javier Botet will be uh, coming back as the Crooked Man. Not that it fucking matters. Be like, everybody's like, oh, Javier Botet, man. He's this uh, contortionist. And he can make his body look really weird. But it's like every time I've seen him on screen, they've like basically drawn over him with CGI. So why does it even matter? <laughs> Like, I don't, I can look like a contortionist with CGI, and I'm the least flexible fucking person on the planet. <laughs> so it's like, I don't give a shit. You could put anybody in as the crooked man. You could put fucking Michael Moore in there as the crooked man, who's like the counter look to the crooked man. And he's the round man. <laughs> he's, the, he's the round, bulbous man. Um, and it wouldn't fucking matter. Um, but yeah, so this is joining Annabelle and Annabelle 2 and Annabelle 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, um, and The Nun and all the endless sequels they'll make from that one, I'm sure. Gesundheit. Uh, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, like I said, they're just going to fucking, they're going to spin off everything, 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 everything from this fucking Conjuring movies. And I don't know why I should care. Yeah, and I I love the fact. I know that the Conjuring uh, wasn't. I mean, it, it's based off the accounts of the Warrens, who are fucking con men and liars and thieves, um, which I guess is a con man, but grifters, 
<laughs> Griftus. Um, Carpetbaggers. <laughs> Ne'er-do-wells. Um, these, the Conjuring movies are based off accounts from the Warrens. Um, and James Wan or whoever wrote the shitty movies have taken some liberties with um, the, what, what actually was claimed to have happened regardless of whether or not what was claimed actually happened. That's neither here nor there. But for them to expand and create this additional universe based around these characters that were included in a story that was already established. That's supposedly based on a true story. Right. It's like, oh, by the way, you remember that character that was in, uh, that character that, uh, the Warrens encountered. This is what happened before that. I don't. <laughs> I don't care. Really spooky. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> like making up this whole backstory for Annabelle, and Annabelle was already based on another doll. <laughs> anyway, I don't like this. It makes me upset. <laughs> Everything James Wan does makes me upset. And, and people just, like, drool over it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if I if I actually wanted to see Aquaman to begin with, I wouldn't see it because he's directing it. Uh, like, I like Saw. Yeah. But Saw was his first movie, and I feel like it was like he made this good movie, and then he got more money, and he just kind of fell into this trap. Of making shit movies. And I I can't like give all this credit to Lee Wan L because then Lee Wan L went on to make Insidious, which was I didn't care for either. Right, Insidious was leaps and bounds better than anything having to do with Conjuring, though. Yeah, and wasn't James Wan a producer on Insidious? I think he was. They just can't seem to get away from each other. Um. Yeah, I I need this to stop. I it's, need it's all, not gonna. It's gonna just gonna keep happening. I need, Oh man. And what what infuriates me is when people say like, oh James Wan, he's like the new master of horror. It's like the fuck he is. Like I said, his movies look creepy and they're they're atmospheric. He's he make he makes a good looking horror movie. Sure. But nothing fucking happens. Yeah. The the they're the, jump scares. The story and the execution are both bad. And they rely too heavily on jump scares and sometimes they don't make sense at all. Sometimes. Most of the time. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm done with this. All right. You done with it? I'm so done. Okay. So retired filmmaker, Kevin Smith, <laughs> Still doing that. <laughs> um, he was supposed to make a movie, make an anthology movie for Christmas uh, with the entire Smodco gang. It was originally going to be called Comes to Krampus. And then it was renamed uh, Anti Claus. And apparently now they've completely scrapped the Christmas aspect of it and they're calling it Kilroy Was Here. This is being written by Smith and his uh, edumacation podcast co-host andy mcelfresh 
McElfresh. Right? McElfresh? I went to high school with a guy whose last name was spelled like that, but it was McElfresh. But I'm pretty sure this guy pronounces it McElfresh. I think I've heard Smith pronounce it McElfresh. McElfresh? Yeah. All right. Uh, Like I said, it's a horror anthology. They've replaced Krampus with a character called Kilroy, a long-nosed fellow whose look has been designed by special effects artist Robert Kurtzman. Uh, You might be familiar with the Kilroy graffiti, even if you don't know it. It's basically just a guy with a big round head and then a nose that like sticks out over a wall. Isn't that Killjoy? No, it's Kilroy. Killjoy is the clown. I know Killjoy's the clown, but I could swear it was Killjoy. You could swear wrong. <laughs> Fuck me, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, it sounds like they are just going to have a character that looks like that, I guess, and is somehow scary. Neat. <laughs> but I mean, Robert Kurtzman, he does good stuff. I guess. Didn't he do the vampires in uh, from Dust Till Dawn? Uh, Pretty sure that was Kurtzman. Anyways, uh, this was originally going to have multiple directors. Uh, Andy McElfresh was going to do one, and uh, Jason Muse was supposed to make his directorial debut, I think, uh, with this. I mean, he's already directing, uh, what is the Method to My Madness or something like that. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, I, there's no, they didn't say if they were still doing that with, with this, but I kind of have to assume since they're still doing an anthology that uh, it's going to be... Would Smith call it Smodco's Creep Show? Oh boy. Uh, Smith says this is a monster movie in the sense of a classic morality tale. No one wants to see you spill the blood of innocence, but when someone crosses the line and goes bad, you get to make them pay in horrible ways, and the audience cheers. Okay. Very, very astute observation there, Kevin. And then he went. <laughs> Uh, he said, we wanted to make an anthology film in the vein of Creepshow. Kilroy is like the Gollum, the Boogeyman, and the Grim Reaper combined. He also compared it to the Twilight Zone. I I don't think he knows what movie he's making. It's Kevin Smith. Yeah. He needs to stop with the Smodco stuff because it's all stupid. <laughs> I mean, the podcasts are fine. Whatever. I, I haven't really listened to any of them in a while, but basically because I can't stand listening to him anymore i know um, he, he he got on my nerves you know i would have i would have what five years ago is that when get old started probably five or more years ago before that if you would have told me that there was going to be a podcast with kevin smith and jason muse i would have guessed that i would have been sick of listening to jason muse after or before one episode, <laughs> but now it's Kevin Smith that I can't stand listening to just because that dude has let pot take over his fucking life. He has. That is his everything now. And it's obnoxious. Yeah. Oh, well, the good news about this is this is not just him talking out of his ass. Like he usually does talking about some movie that's never going to get made. Uh, they're actually currently filming this in Sarasota, Florida, in partnership with the Ringling College of Art and Design. But is that a good thing, though? Well, I mean, it's better than him just, you know, talking about, oh, I'm going to make hell in a handbasket with a 80,000 foot Jesus or whatever. That movie never fucking got made. <laughs> no, but that was dumb. <laughs> I mean, this sounds kind of dumb, too. But uh, 
do we do we want Kevin Smith to make any more movies? I'm shocked he actually made the 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 full True North trilogy. I'm amazed he got through that. Did he actually finish Moose Jaws? I think so. Oh, because I haven't heard anything about it in a really long time. I saw him. He unveiled the sales art, and he was trying to sell it at a con or something. Oh. Have you seen the sales art? No. It's literally just the, the poster for Jaws, but the shark has moose antlers. Oh, I, wait, it's, it's a shark? It's a shark with moose antlers. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> well, you know, I've tracked down exactly when things went wrong for him uh, based on when and and I I know it was pot that did it. I know that his his career went to absolute shit because of pot. Because the last Jesus fucking Christ. That's so stupid. The last good movie he made was Zack and Mary. Yeah. On on Zack and Miri, he has said himself that Seth Rogen got him to start smoking pot. Like he never really he never really smoked it. I think he said he didn't really even really like it before then. Um, and he always joked about being you know playing a, a drug dealer pothead in Silent Bob, but he didn't actually ever smoke. Um, but then Seth Rogen got him to actually get into it. After that, he made Cop Out. Ooh. which was bad. And, um, you know, people that have worked on the crew, Bruce Willis, who he's notoriously, he notoriously didn't get along with, said that that set was a mess because the guy could not stop smoking pot. Damn you, Rogan. So, and I mean, that, that was where his career went downhill. I've, I've traced it to that exact time. Fair enough. <laughs> it's just, yes. well, like, he like, needs, I mean, we both like Tusk, but I think we liked it just in its sheer ridiculousness. Yeah. I liked it because it was so stupid. Yeah. It's like, if you try and take it seriously, then yeah, it's, it's fucking dumb. Right. But if you just go into it, expecting it to be fucking dumb, <laughs> which how can you not <laughs> like listen to the fucking premise? Yeah. But yeah, it's dumb, but it's, it's entertaining. Yeah. But then Yoga Hosers. Yoga Hosers was just bad. Yeah. Because he keeps trying to put his stupid daughter in movies. That's another movie that's not going to get made. It's fucking Mall Brats. Right. Which that was one I was actually looking forward to. Well, when I thought it was going to be an actual, like, legit sequel to Mall Rats, I was excited about it. But then when he said it was going to be Mall Brats, and it was going to be, like, this new generation or whatever, it was going to basically be Saved by the Bell, the new class. Um yeah, because kids still go to malls. <laughs> yeah, that's why malls are shutting down across the country. That's why you can't film anywhere. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, when he when I found out that it was just going to be a bunch of kids that I didn't fucking care about, including his fucking daughter, who I don't fucking care about. Um, yeah. He directed an episode of Supergirl. He put her in it. <laughs> and I didn't know he directed it. When I saw her face, I'm like, oh, I bet Kevin Smith directed this. And sure as shit, at the end of the episode, directed <laughs> by Kevin Smith. Fuck off. So, anyway. How did... Okay, yeah, right. We were talking about... <laughs> I'm like, how did we get here? I thought we were still talking about James Wan. <laughs> uh, so, Kilroy was here. Will come out someday. Maybe. 
Or it won't. Who cares? <laughs> let's let's hope not. I mean, you know, we talked about dragging names to the mud, and I feel like Kevin Smith is dragging his own his name own name. <laughs> like so, there was a, there was a point when people respected him as a legit like indie director, and now he's a joke. Yeah, like I can remember you. You met, or I mean, you know my uh, my cousin's husband, uh, Josh. Yeah, when I was younger i remember that guy loved kevin smith like he was like probably the biggest clerks fan i'd ever seen like i remember we went to a bookstore when they still had bookstores and malls um back when they still had malls right uh and he bought the we went to the bookstore and he bought the screenplay for clerks that's dedication yeah but i mean and now I, i i haven't conferred with him but for him to, I, I, I can't imagine that he wants anything to do with he the can't, new Kevin Smith. Can't picture him buying the screenplay to Yoga Hosers. <laughs> no, a bunch of fucking pot and fart jokes and lots of fucks. That's, I mean, am I, am I right? I haven't watched it. It's, it, it's just bad. <laughs> it's, it's a big old mess. It is. It's just a mess. Because you can't fucking stop smoking pot. Tell me that you can't get addicted to pot. Try to tell me that. That guy has... I mean, fuck, fuck if he ever listens to this. Because we're just trashing the <laughs> shit out of him. But it's like, that guy let pot like destroy his career. Yeah. Just when he started like really getting some ground. Like Honestly, like if, if he wasn't Kevin Smith and he tried to make these movies... No one would watch them. No, fuck no. I mean, you know, Red State. No one would make them. No, like Red State had some respectability to it. Um, but every, like anything before and after that, or you know, before up to Cop Out, is is garbage. Um, I mean, like I said, like. He just started getting some traction. You know, he made Jay and Silent Bob, which was a, like a major studio film. Um, and then, you know, he, he, was, he was always on um, Miramax. Yeah. Um, or through the Dimension brand, which was always weird because Dimension is mostly horror. Um, but, uh, you know, he made Jay and Silent Bob. He made uh, Zack and Miri, which, again, was another... You know, studio film with some well-known names, well-known, well-known actors in it, and then, and then he started smoking pot, and then he does a film with Bruce Willis, one of the biggest action stars ever, and Tracy Morgan, who was a well-known name, a well-known comedian, you know, doing Thirty Rock, SNL, you know, had a, some some name credibility to him, and he fucked it up, and now he's doing this shit fucking now like kill Roy. everything he wants to do now is just like that's such a dumb idea let's do it yeah stop making movies that you came up with because you were talking about it with your buddy during a podcast if we would try to do that uh we wouldn't have friends anymore <laughs> <laughs> we're not out there writing fucking cosmic monster <laughs> no <laughs> nobody wants that <laughs> don't, don't nobody want that Fucking Skeeter. (laughs) 
<laughs> so stupid. That was you who came up with that. I know. Uh, okay. By the way, guys, if you haven't checked us out on the Beyond the Void podcast, make sure you go and check them out at longlivethevoid.com. Listen to our episode and no others. <laughs> <laughs> Just come back and listen to more Grave Plot podcast. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, uh, you done with this? I'm so done. Okay. This has been going on a while. Um, it's going to wrap up horror business. It is. And now we're going to take a trip back. To the eighties. Oh, yeah. All right, so we're not actually taking a trip back to the eighties. <laughs> I wish we could, because this is not an actual eighties episode, but it's an eighties throwback episode. Oh, we're going to talk about a couple movies that look and feel like they're from the 80s, but they ain't. Nope. Uh, yeah, just movies that are basically kind of love letters to the 80s. Yes. What would you like to start with? Why am I deciding? Because I asked. Um, well, let's go ahead and start with my pick, which was Pool Party Massacre. Yeah. There was a jungle out there. Claire Winthorpe and her friends don't know it yet, but they are about to have the worst pool party ever. Party Massacre, coming soon. All right, so this was a special movie. <laughs> uh, it's from 2017. It just came out. From Floating Eye Productions. Right. Um, this was... This is, this is an admirable film because it went full bore with its like 80s tribute. Well, no. I mean, it doesn't take place in the 80s. No, it doesn't take place. It takes, takes place current day. That's the thing. Neither of these movies that we're reviewing today take place in the 80s. There are, there's an 80s feel to both of them, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, this, okay, so I, I guess I'll just start with, like, basically what happens in the movie. So... The basic premise is that this girl, Blair, who is just a rich, stuck-up little bitch, absolute bitch of a woman, um, and she has her friend, Nancy, who's home from college. Um, she, the, her, Blair's parents have just left for Paris, and, and they Bla tell her, no threesomes, and the mom is like, if it wasn't for threesomes, we wouldn't have met. <laughs> And their dad's like, okay, threesomes are okay, but no devil's three-way. <laughs> no. And, not, and she doesn't, wait, was it, neither Blair or Nancy knew what that was, right? 
Or I don't, was it just Nancy? I think she was just like, you're disgusting or something like that. Right. I don't think they actually like said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, they take off for Paris and Blair is having a pool party um, for her friends. Um, who are also, aside from Nancy, who they're all just absolute terrible people. Yeah. Nancy is like a, a nice girl. Yeah. She's, she's, uh, seems like she's a, like a, a true friend. She doesn't talk behind people's back like other people like all of her other friends seem to do. She's not rude and bitchy. Um, so she's like basically the only one in the movie that you uh, care about, like as a person. Yeah, <laughs> that you kind of root for. Yeah. Um, but so all these girls come over for their party, or for the pool party. Um, and they start getting picked off one by one i mean the this this there's not a lot of story to this no not particularly this is just strictly a slasher movie which you know in the 80s that's that's the way it was done oh yeah i mean 80 this is like 80s slasher like tony said love letter um and yeah i mean in the 80s there wasn't a lot of story you just have characters getting picked off that was pretty much pretty much what it was yeah the plot is written on a napkin basically usually in these kind of movies though people kind of figure it out and, and they're trying to figure out like, who is this person? Why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. There's none of that in this. No, nobody knows what's going on until the very end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually in a lot of 80 slasher movies, there's, you know, there's like kind of like the, the hero girl there's, or, and, or the hero guy. Um, there's usually like kind of the white knight character, then, you know, just kind of these ancillary characters that are just kind of there in the background. And there's usually like the dumb, slutty blonde or, or whatever. Um, but this entire cast was just the dumb, slutty blondes. Yeah. Like all of them. Well, but I mean, except most, for Nancy. Most of them had, you know, most 80s slashers had, they, they were at, at their core, a mystery movie. Right. You know, if you look at, you know, like, especially Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, there was always this mystery of who is Freddy Krueger? How do we beat him? Mm-hmm. But people knew what was going on in the movie. Well, think of uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, like you didn't, I think most people know, like in our generation, they, we, we know before we even see the movie that Pamela is the killer in the first one, but people that went and saw that in the theater when it was first came out, they had no idea. Yeah. But it's like the characters in the movie, they know that their friends are getting picked off. Right. This one, they don't, they don't even realize. I, I don't know if it's because they're just so vapid or if it's just because, you know, there's, it's a small cast. Yeah. There's just, it's like six, seven people. Yeah. I mean, you've got the five girls and the two guys that we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> and then there's like the, the two characters at the beginning, but they're just cold open fodder. Right. Um, yeah, very small cast. So it's kind of just like somebody will go off to have sex or masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> and it, people are just like, oh, well, he's he's off doing that. It's been 45 minutes, but whatever. Right. No big deal. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a thing. It's like they're out having, they're out on the, out, god damn it! They're out back by the pool because it is a pool party, right? But they don't go swimming. 
No. Because they don't want to get their hair wet. Right. Um, I thought, I thought it was funny that the, the, um, God, what's the black girl's name? Jasmine. Jasmine. Um, when she gets there, she's like, I hope the pool's not chlorine, or I hope the pool's saline and not chlorine because, uh, my skin can't handle it. And then, then she never goes in the yeah, pool. Yeah, she never went. Yeah, she ended, had no intention of going in the pool anyway. Yeah. Because later on, she's like, Nancy says, how come it's a pool party and nobody's swimming? And Jasmine's, Jasmine's like, if you had any idea how long it took me to get my hair like this, you would think I was a goddamn hero for being this close to the uh, water to begin with. Um, I, got, I have to imagine that's what a lot of like socialite parties are like, especially oh, pool sure. parties. Um. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it starts out with just the the, the five girls, um, and it's supposed to be just a girls' pool party. But then, um, Brittany was that her name? Brittany was the really dumb one. Okay, then Blair. No, not Blair. Who's the Who's the girl? I mean, her her boyfriend comes over. Oh, Tiffany. Tiffany. Okay, so yeah, Tiffany's boyfriend comes over, and his name is Troy. Troy, with his brother Clay. Uh, Clay. Clay. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his brother Clay, who was my favorite character in the movie. Of course, he was. <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> this guy. He's so like. He's a, a complete piece of shit, and he knows it, and he doesn't care. He embraces it. Yeah. His fucking, <laughs> his ability to open is epic. Because, <laughs> um, like, he shows up in, like, these bright neon color shorts that are... Short break- shorts. Yeah, they're but they're, like, breakaways. Yeah. And underneath, he's wearing a Speedo. Yep. Um, and, uh, like, a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> and, you know, he's, like... He's kind of balding, you know, and just not what you might consider the ideal guy to be hitting on these, you know, these women. Um, and I'm losing my train of thought. It's it's. He's it's, got a thermos full of dirty Sanchez. Right? It's just never. It's like the, it's some kind of alcoholic cocktail that he never explains. Only says that it's a dirty Sanchez, um, and uh, apparently it's just disgusting and his thermos has stickers of horror podcasts all over it and i was like i wish that we could have gotten in on this is that what they were i think it was like horror podcasts and uh like maybe youtube shows and stuff like that that's unfortunate uh yeah he's he's drinking out of a forever midnight koozie right um but yeah this guy's just a total fucking clown he knows it and he doesn't give a shit yeah um (laughs) <laughs> There's one point where he's putting on uh, sunscreen, and he's just putting on so much of it, and just like, smearing it across yeah, his chest. He just like un, like squeeze the bottle into his hand, and just have this mountain of uh, sunscreen, and just like wipe it across his chest, so his chest is just like pure white. Um, <laughs> he's so fucking hairy too. And um, can you help me get my hard to reach area? That was my favorite. This was my favorite exchange in the movie. Yeah, he says, would any of you help me get this sunscreen on my hard-to-reach areas? And uh, Blair says, or yeah, there's no, nobody wants to touch your, uh, nobody wants to touch your dick. God damn it. Something like that. Like, you mean your dick or something like that? 
Yeah, it's like, are you talking about your dick or um, nobody can touch your dick from here or something? Something about his dick. That's that's the, the central well, theme. Th- there was something about distance. Oh, I, what? But he, he says, it's like, oh, my dick can reach you from there or reach you from here. My dick's not hard to reach. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're hard to reach. Thank you. Yeah, he says, my dick's not hard to reach. In fact, it could probably reach you from there, as long as you talk to it, right? <laughs> such a scumbag. Man, it was such a funny exchange. I just totally fucked it up. You got you to gotta watch it to, to really appreciate how funny it was. But he's just, the way, the things he's saying to these women, it's just... Well, yeah, then, like, he goes up on the rocks, and he rips off his breakaway shorts, and he just starts slapping his own ass, and he's like, who wants to tap it? Who wants to tap it? <laughs> Oh fuck. Um anyway, so yeah. So these two assholes show up um and Troy carries Tiffany off into the house to go fuck. Um <laughs> It's like at first Blair's like, "No, no, no, you're not going in there to fuck." Okay, for whatever, go in there and fuck. <laughs> it's like, well, "Okay." <laughs> um so this is cool, right? <laughs> um and so, meanwhile, there's this killer who actually started out with the neighbor next door um, using these, not just yard tools, but just tools in general from, from a garage um, to just kill people one by one. Starts out with the next door neighbor and the pool guy um, slitting her throat with uh, a branch saw. Um, so slowly. Yeah, just... <laughs> It's like it's like he didn't actually want to hurt her, so he's making sure to go very slowly. <laughs> um, and then uh, after he kills someone, he puts the tool back, right? Like in its yeah, it's, it's like a one kill, right? It's like he's just creating this collection of used used uh, weaponry, murder weapons, kind of like the Super Bowl where they trade out the ball every series of downs. Yeah. <laughs> So they can have game used balls, um, but uh, yeah. So he starts just picking people off one by one. Um, who, who was the first one he killed? I can't remember her name. Kelly. Kelly. She goes in the house to to call her boyfriend, and she catches the um, the claw of a of a claw hammer, like on the underside of her chin. Yeah. Which I'm no doctor, but I don't think that would kill her. I mean, unless she bled out, I guess. I guess. And I mean, the claw came like out of her mouth, so I know it didn't go up into her skull. Not yeah. that it'd be long enough to do it anyway. That's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I mean, like people, like they get axes to the face, axes to the neck. Um, you got power drills, uh, weed whacker. Yeah, weed, <laughs> weed whacker to the crotch. <laughs> Apparently, that's what that's how I took it. I didn't take it that way, but whatever, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so just everybody's getting picked off one by one by these different tools, which confused the shit out of me because the Blair's dad seemed like the type that does yard work or work of any no, kind. No, absolutely not. So it's like, who do these tools belong to? Because they're all very meticulously kept. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, where are they coming from? Unless it's the neighbor across the street, I don't know. I mean, or unless he just has them for the 
maintenance person that they possibly employ. But um, although her friends kept making fun of her for not having attendance at all times. Having attendance? Yeah. They were like, who do we talk to about getting more booze? And Blair's like, you got to go get it yourself. Attendance. Okay. Yeah. Not like people in attendance. Right. I'm like, what attendance? They're all all there. (laughs) I don't think anybody was missing. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the story, guys. I mean, there's not, like I said, not a whole lot to it. It's basically just the kills. Yeah. Um, And so I can appreciate those. I can appreciate this was an extremely low budget movie. Oh, for sure. Um, And doing what they could with what they had. Um, I felt like the kills could have been a little more imaginative because they all basically came to be the same thing over and over. Just a whack to the head, uh, watching the blood start to spill down the face, watching the blood spill down to the floor, and then pulling the weapon out of the head and the person falls over. That was like almost all the kills. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, I'm not, as long as, uh, as long as a kill is, um, God, I don't even know where I'm going with this. If a kill is imaginative, then I don't really care how it's done. But the fact is that all these kills were just really similar. So it just kind of felt like I was watching the same thing over and over. Yeah. Especially because all the characters were essentially the same person. (laughs) This is true. Um, So I don't know. I didn't really know what to think um, about the movie as a whole, I guess. Um, I, I appreciated what they were doing. I really wish they would have committed more to like the 80s theme. Because it felt like um, they kind of dropped it pretty early on. I mean, there was there was a good like the opening credits was done all in eight bit, which I thought was cool. Yeah, with Horse the Band, right? Is that you that your cousin used to be in or something? No, I feel like somebody's cousin used to be in a band that I could swear it was Horse the Band. It wasn't my cousin. Maybe it was my wife. Maybe. I like Horse the Band. Do you? Um, anyway, so, yeah, the, the... And then the one guy was wearing a Horse the Band shirt. Right. I would have thought he came back I, in the movie. Me too. I he kept sh- expecting him to come back. Yeah. Um, Nancy's brother. Right. Uh, Dylan? No. Eric. Michael? Steven. Jimmy? <laughs> Jiminy? <laughs> Scott? Could it be Scott? I don't remember what his name was. Some fucking guy. Um, Danny? That must have been him. Danny? Sure. Danny! Um, God, this is, this is going so well. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, I mean, you know, it starts off... With this, it opens up on a pool, and it's got this cool, like, kind of 80s-sounding music, um, and the the opening credits are all done in, like, an 8-bit um, sequence with 
with um not not so much 80s music but like uh it had a very 80s feel to it and the 80s feel kind of continued on for a little while as like the acting was very over the top like i i couldn't tell if they were just being bad actors or if they were purposely being bad in order to reflect those bad 80 slash I think they were just trying to play up the cliche of the like snobby rich girl. That could be. Um, I mean, these people aren't getting any kind of acting award. No. Um, but that, that's fine. You don't need Academy Award winners in a movie like this. Right. I mean, um, you get Academy Award winners in movies like The Mummy. <laughs> right. How's that doing? Not not so well. <laughs> Last I checked. Um, I've heard they finally made their budget back. Hey. Yeah, I heard it's doing well internationally. Yeah, well enough to make up for the loss in domestic. Yeah. So they can get their, they can at least get their money back. So they can justify making another one. Right. Um, so anyway, um, but I feel like that whole 80s feel didn't really continue on through the entire movie. It kind of got lost somewhere in the middle, like where they were just making just a low-budget horror movie, and they weren't really trying to bring in that 80s tone yeah. anymore. I which, can see that. Which I guess could be difficult in that it didn't take place in the 80s. Right. It may be hard to make an 80s-style movie that doesn't take place in the 80s. Yeah. So. All right, what do you, what do you what do you think? I mean, I I was trying to find the budget and I couldn't find out what it was, but I mean, it was definitely low. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't look like a low budget movie. No, it was actually shot really well. Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of camera they used, but it it, it looks good. Um, I halfway expected to uh see like a see a shot on video movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of, you know, expected something similar to like Secret Santa. Yeah. Which, you know, no offense, Mikey. I loved it, but it doesn't look, doesn't, it's not the crispest. <laughs> Is that a word? Uh, cr- crispest? Doesn't sound like it should be a word. <laughs> Just like, uh, what was I saying earlier? Um, hallucinization. Hallucinization, <laughs> yes. Um, we should just start a grave plot dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> But it the the effects are a little lacking, um, yeah. I mean, effects are hard to do on a, on a small budget, but at the same time, they're not. If that makes sense. Well, it's just like little things, like like I said, being more creative with how people are killed. Right. Um, it was There's just, a lot of blood, but not a lot of guts. There was a lot of blood, but it seemed like they were using different blood every time. Yeah. And I don't know what that was about. I don't it, either. But sometimes it was like thick and dark, almost looked like chocolate syrup. Um, other, other times, times it, it was looked like, like giallo blood. Yeah, like, and that's that's what I would have liked to see more in this movie. Is just that bright, that bright red blood because that sells the '80s thing to me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then my other big complaint is that there was this big lull in the middle. Yes, it was. It was almost entirely just comedy, and it was mostly just Clay, mm-hmm. just hamming it up. Yeah, it, like they they would go back to, you know, people inside the house doing whatever, and then jump back outside to yeah, Clay being a jackass in one way or the other. 
Um, yeah, I, I actually like while I was watching it, I was like, okay, we need to move this along. Something mm-hmm. needs to happen here. Yeah, this is this is not going anywhere, right? But at the, you know, I I actually found it rather entertaining. Yeah, it was definitely entertaining. It kept me. Um, it kept my attention through most of the movie. Like you said, that huge lull in the middle, um, there was just like, there was, have you heard that theory before about Ferris Bueller? Uh, Yes. Not quite to that extent, but I've heard a similar theory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically clay is going into this long diatribe about how Ferris Bueller the whole movie is just a figment of Cameron's imagination. And it's like, fine, you know, talk about that for like two minutes, maybe. Yeah. But it goes into this thing that it felt like it went on for like 10 minutes. And the movie's only like 80 minutes long. Yeah. And for it, for a movie to not even be an hour and a half and feel like it's in like almost two hours long, that means something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. That something is moving too slowly and shit like that. It's like did that that whole thing really need to be in there? I mean, I know maybe you're trying to make up some time here, guys, but but that's what it felt like. Yeah, it felt like filler. Yeah, um, and there's just like these real like these conversations that didn't seem like they were necessary. It's kind of bogged down the film. The, uh, a movie like this needs to be just killing. All killing all the time. Yeah. Like, if you need to throw in more characters, which, you know, there are characters that kind of come and go. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they could have found more ways to just add more people just for cannon fodder. Right. Yeah. I mean, there was a pizza guy. Right. There was a neighbor. Um, or I guess technically two neighbors. Um and that that's that's good. I mean, that adds to the body count and keeps you keeps you busy for a few more minutes. But it's like, guys, if you if you're having to come up with more dialogue that in a hack and slash movie, then you're not thinking hard enough. Yeah. Um, and like Clay was talking about how he was going to go jerk off for like ten minutes. There was so much jerk off talk. <laughs> I was like, okay. Go jerk off. I don't need to hear about it anymore. Yeah, it was just this extended back and forth between him and uh, Blair about jacking off in her bathroom. Yeah. It's like, why is this? Why am I still listening to them talk about him jacking off in her bathroom? Yeah, just go do it. (laughs) It's like, and don't fucking announce it. Like, if you want to do it, then just go in and do it. Don't say anything to If anyone. you're going to announce it, then what you do is you start walking. And as you're walking, you just go, you know what? I'm going to go jerk off in your bathroom. Bye. Yeah. Um, but and then when, when Blair was like, okay, fine. I thought she was going to be like, fine, I'll fuck him. <laughs> Just to shut him up. That's what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, all in all, I, like I said, I did still find it entertaining. There are genuine laugh out loud moments. Yeah. Some of them I don't know. Of, I don't know if they were supposed to be funny. Yeah. And like, like I said, you know, Clay was probably my favorite character, as but I felt like, or I should say, regardless of the fact that it felt like they started relying on him to be a filler. Yeah, he was still pretty funny. Um, 
and I really appreciated what they did. Um, like what I said was probably like less than a shoestring budget. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I kind of saw the end coming. I did too. It was like I suspected it. I don't. I don't think I would say that I like definitely knew, but I kind of suspected it, but not really in the way that it happened. Which I can't really say without giving too much away, but. Like the motivation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I can kind of agree with you there. I definitely knew who it was, though. Yeah, like I said, it was definitely somebody that I suspected. It, I wasn't 100%, but it was definitely mm-hmm. one of the people. Yeah. There was, there was basically two people I suspected. One of them seemed like it would have been too easy. So. Hmm. Hmm. Shoot. (laughs) Um, I think that's about all I have to say. Yeah. I agree with you about the kills, that they could have been a little more varied. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, I I, I did find it entertaining. Um, And, you know, some good kills. But, I don't know, could have... They could have done more with it, I think. Yes. Quite. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Um, well, what do you say as far as number? I say six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought probably more about this as far as my rating like than I do for most films. <laughs> um, I kind of just saying impulsive is not a good word, but I kind of decide like on the spot. This one I thought about for a while because it's like, I really, like I said, really appreciated the film for what it was and what they were going for. Um, but the execution wasn't that great. So I tried to weigh that out. And I think the, the best thing I can do and the most fair thing I can do is just to give it right down the middle and say five. Okay. So there's that. Uh, so uh, our other pick is again, eighties inspired, although it came out in 2016. Sounds right. Um, it is beyond the gates. Hey, what if he's okay? What do you mean? I mean, not dead. It's been seven months. If he's out there, it's not our problem anymore. Look at this place. Your dad really did a good job keeping it up, huh? Yeah, well, not much could pull him out of here. Do you have dad's keys to the office? What do you think's back there? This will find out. This is momentous. <laughs> Shut up. Welcome, curious viewers. We found this like weird, probably banned VCR game. It's like a it's like a board game, you know, but you gotta watch it. Obtaining the four keys allows passage beyond the gates. Only there can your father's soul be saved. Did you just hear that? Where did you say you found this again? Hey, did you try to get into the house last night? Why? Did someone try and break in? I felt like somebody was watching us. Like, uh, maybe you need to take a break from this for a while. We think 
Our father bought this from your store. What if we just stopped? I'm not gonna stop until we find dad. And I suggest you play the game. Where did this come from? Find your father. Take the final key and become one with your new reality. That lady was smoking hot. I think I want it. Sure is now. So beyond the gates. Uh, this is the story of the hard, st- hard, <laughs> the Hardy Boys, <laughs> the Hardy Boys, the hardest young whippersnappers with a snack for solving crimes. Such a raging clue right now. <laughs> uh, the Hardesty brothers, uh, Gordon and John. They're so hard testies, hard testies, <laughs> the hard testy brothers. <laughs> that sounds like a problem. <laughs> Oh, I guess that checked out. Yeah. It runs in the family, apparently. It's genetic. <laughs> uh, Gordon is played by Graham Skipper, who you may recognize from uh, Almost Human or uh, Mind's Eye. That's the one. The one where he looked like he's pooping himself the entire time. <laughs> yes. And, and I was just waiting looked for that. Looked like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Looked like. <laughs> uh I was just waiting for that face the entire time. <laughs> the pooping face? Yep. I feel like that's what Grab Skipper is like known for now, at least in my mind. <laughs> I think I've said this on the show before, but Graham Skipper is an overactor that somehow makes it work. Yes. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I don't know. But it's like he's I'm like, I know you're overacting, but yeah. somehow it fits. <laughs> it's like I feel like you're doing too much, but it's working. But I somehow. like it. <laughs> So uh, these these two brothers, their dad skips town again. Apparently, this is something he's known for. Every couple of years, he just kind of bolts. Is that okay? I, I think I missed that. Part. He's he goes out for cigarettes and never comes back. <laughs> and so they decide to clear out his video store, which still exists somehow. <laughs> and I, this looked like a badass store, though. Dude, there was so many tapes. Yeah, it was full to the rafters. So good. So good. <laughs> but so they're clearing it out. I don't know what they're going to do with these tapes. Burn them. I guess. Just have a big ass fire. <laughs> but they uh, trip on noxious fumes. They decide they're going to go in the back room because they were never allowed in the back room. Ooh. It's it's a big deal. <laughs> this so is an exciting time in our lives. <laughs> so they break down the door and uh, well, I guess they had keys, didn't they? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sure it's just breaking down the door of their dad's office. Why'd you do that? I have keys. Full disclosure, I watched this on a plane. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, wait, I think you told me that. Not like it wasn't like the in flight movie. Right. It's on Netflix. Um yeah, so they go in the office and they find this VHS board game. I know many of you right now are going, oh what? <laughs> VHS tapes are like DVDs, but they're plastic. And they go in a VCR. A what? <laughs> um, and there used to be board games. And you would put the tape in and press play. And Barbara Crampton would show up and tell you what to do. 
or you know someone. They were always Barbara Graham. <laughs> I have one in my closet right now. A VHS one? Yeah. Do you have a VCR? Yeah. You do? But, yeah, but I transferred the v, uh, VHS over to DVD uh, so I could use it forever. I feel like it works so much better with DVD because you can like jump to different menus and stuff. Yeah, I've got a different version of the same game. Again, it's it's at, called Atmosphere. Um, I like the wrapper. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, I had a version of it when I was when I when I was a kid. Um, and then actually it belonged to my brother and I think he probably sold it or threw it away at some point, but I always loved that fucking game. Um, and then my parents bought me a newer version of it for my birthday or Christmas one year. Um, and, uh, you know, playing that made me want that old version again. Yeah. So I went and found one on eBay and like, apparently this person like said, we bought this in the mid nineties. We played it like once or twice and then it went in the attic and it hadn't been touched since then. So this game that I got so is the tape was still in good condition and stuff. Yeah. The tape had only been played a couple of times. Um, like the, like all the pieces were like perfect condition. I mean, the, the box is in really good shape. It looks like almost brand new. Um, and, uh, the, even the little paper notepad and the pencils that it comes with is still in there barely used. So it's like I bought like this practically brand new game for almost nothing. Um, and yeah, the first thing I did was transfer the VHS to a DVD because, you know, the more you play a VHS tape, the shittier it gets. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, now it's going to, anytime I want to play it, it's it's on DVD, but it is just a VHS on DVD as where the new game, it's like you said, the DVD will jump to different segments so it's it's more randomized as where the old version is just the same thing yeah every time basically just one chapter yeah exactly so um yeah they find this game and they they take it home and they decide they're gonna play it they pop the tape in barbara crampton shows up oh they're also with um with gordon's Fiance? His girlfriend. Just girlfriend? I That's the impression I got. It was just girlfriend. Okay. Uh, Margo, played by Brea Grant, who she, is just adorable. She is cute as a button. Um, Yeah. I, I like her. Yeah. I enjoy her. She can be around more. Yeah. She could be in things. <laughs> Did you ever see her uh, terrified or horrified? Uh, I don't think so. At, at the end, she's like, and now I'm supposed to say horrified or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I actually haven't watched many of those. I keep meaning to. I just never do. You should watch Tyler Maines. Tyler Maines. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So they put in the tape. Barbara Crampton shows up. And she's like, you must play the game to save your father's soul from beyond the gates. Or something like to that effect. I don't think that she said anything about their father. No, she does. Like right away. Hmm. Okay. And they, instead of thinking, oh, that's a weird coincidence, <laughs> they immediately go, oh, this game is supernatural and has our father trapped in it. See, you told me that, and I didn't really get that. Really? Yeah. Because it happened several times. I feel like... Where they immediately just jumped to, oh, something supernatural is going on. I feel like they accepted that it was something supernatural is happening a lot faster than people actually would. But for them, I, like, I didn't 
get the whole jumping to conclusion thing that you that you picked up on. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Agree or disagree? <laughs> I will agree that you're wrong. <laughs> I will agree that you disagree with me and that you're wrong. <laughs> but so basically, it's a horror Jumanji. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um. They they have to play this game. They they try to put it away. And it just like comes back. They they leave and they come back and the boards back set up. All the pieces are back where they left them. Did this game make any sense to you? Not a lick. <laughs> I would I would not want to play this game. Yeah, I kept trying to figure out like what are the rules. And they were just like, okay, now roll and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yo, what po- what purpose did the the, the dice have? Because they moved like one space every time. Yeah, and then they just had to draw a card. Yeah, and there were four cards. So there's no point in drawing them. Yeah. They, they flipped them over. They put out four cards and flipped them over. Right. Time. So it's like, I cannot figure out why they're rolling dice. And then at one point, don't they just flip them all over? Yeah. <laughs> and you would have thought that Babs would have a problem with that, but Babs, Babs, you know, that's what I call her, Babs. And I mean, it's it's clear that, that she is like interacting with them. It's not just a VHS tape playing. They start like talking to her and she's talking back and she... <laughs> doesn't respond until they talk to her and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. She'll just sit there and it's like, you don't really realize it at first, but she's staring at them from the screen. Yeah. And just sitting there in silence. And then once they say something or ask a question that is relevant to her, she'll actually respond. And like that, seemed like that was what they kind of picked up on a little too fast. I mean, I know you got to take into account pacing, but yeah, that was, was a little quick. Yeah. And so basically the point of the game is you have to find these four keys, right? And apparently the keys are hidden in people or something in, in real life people. And they have to find these people and kill them. Were they always in them or did the game put them there? Yeah. I don't know because it really seemed like these people that they grew up with always had keys in them. Yeah, like Matt Mercer. Yeah, Matt Mercer from Contracted. Yeah, Contracted too. Yeah, he shows up. His scene was kind of freaky. I didn't do it with the with the gun. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what was going on, and how convenient was it? that he found the way to stop him sitting in the planter right next to him where he just happened to be hiding. There was a lot of very convenient things in this movie. This whole movie is whole very movie convenient. convenient. Yes. Like when they go down into the basement and there's this, uh, the the titular Gates sitting there and <laughs> and uh, Margo, she's like, uh, were these always there? It's like, yeah, we've always had these fucking cement. glowing gates yeah these glowing wrought iron gates sitting in our basement yeah these are always here <laughs> <laughs> and uh gordon he's just like no <laughs> like yeah we could have guessed as much yeah at one point they like they just look at the game and they're like oh there's an x oh look that's our yard yeah, and they just go in the yard, and there's an X, and they just dig it up. <laughs> yeah, this, I was like, "What?" <laughs> this like grayscale drawing of what looked like it could have been maybe a backyard or a garden or something on the board. It's like that looks a lot like our backyard. It's like, based on what? Yeah, 
Like, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Yeah. Cause, and yeah, then they just dig up this, they dig a fucking hole in the yard and there's a voodoo doll. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, what they're digging up, it's like this patch of grass that looks like an X. It, but it's it, the, the actually the patch of grass isn't in an X. It looks like somebody spray painted yeah. an X on it. It's like you guys never noticed that, huh? <laughs> Again, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's that? like is this is this new or did the game somehow do this? Right. So and then they go to like the then they go to this toy store thing or whatever it was. Oh yeah, where the where they got the game or where they, yeah, oh. where their dad got it. Yeah, <laughs> twenty with that weird creepy guy. Ago. Yeah. That it was, was just like you've always been here. <laughs> um, that scene didn't really uh, provide much. No, it's like they go to this toy store to figure out, like, hey, what is this game? Where did it come from? And the guy's like, oh yeah, it's just here every time. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh well, you know, you got to play it to find out. It's like, well, I could have figured that out on my own, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so I just came here for nothing. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and so then they they eventually go beyond the gates <laughs> into this like other dimension, which is just their house, which is just like the another sub basement. <laughs> don't they go down more stairs? No, they they walk th- beyond the. I gates. guess they just walk beyond the gates, <laughs> and they wake up on the floor in their living room. <laughs> And then Babs is on the TV and she's like, welcome beyond the gates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take a guess of what the game is called. Uh, Parcheesi. Parcheesi. <laughs> um, yeah. It's called beyond the gates. <laughs> yep. That is what it's called. They were pretty sure that their dad was just jerking off to Barbara Crampton. <laughs> just pounding off. Yeah. And there was like a picture of her on the mantle. Yeah. They never explained that. No. Didn't even hint at what that could have meant. <laughs> and then they go down to the basement. Well, I guess I'm getting closing in, closing in on the ending here. So yeah, I'll just stop. But yeah, they basically go down, go down to the basement, go through the gates, and then go back down to the basement. Right. <laughs> so they do go downstairs again, but it's only because they somehow wound it, wound up back upstairs. Right. It's like I thought maybe like being beyond the gates was like some kind of like mirror world or something, but like like bizarro world. Yeah, but basically all that was different was that the lights were off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just really dark. Couldn't see where you're going. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. This movie definitely feels very eighties. Um. But it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's not really reminiscent of anything I, that you could point at. I guess there are parts that kind of remind me of The Gate. Yeah, a little bit. Not just the title. Right. Um, but like the colors are very 80s. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of purple. Yeah. And there's a lot of like synthesized music. Yeah, the soundtrack is very 80s. Yeah, kind of like uh, It Follows yeah. style. Plus <clears throat> you got Barbara Crampton in it. Babs. And she's... You know, she's America's sweetheart. Right. How many different people are America's sweetheart at this point, do you think? I mean, you know, Bria Grant is also America's sweetheart. So right. Graham Skipper is America's sweetheart. 
And the other guy who played uh, his brother, John, it took me forever to figure out why I recognized him, but he was in John Dies at the End. Chase Williamson. Right. But uh, he didn't play John in that one. <laughs> I forget what his name was. He had an Asian last name, though. I remember that. Josh Ethier was in this? Apparently. I I didn't see him. Me neither. I mean, if I did, I didn't notice. Yeah? So you didn't like it? Not really. See, I, I wanted to. I heard a lot of good things. But. Yeah. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to. Um, I still, I still thought it was, it was decent. I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I'm not going to like go out and tell people you should watch beyond the gates. Yeah. But if somebody comes to me and says, should I watch beyond the gates? Like, yeah, whatever. Is it still on Netflix? Yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like I said, my biggest complaint, but apparently you disagree with me on this one is it felt to me like the characters just kind of picked up on things really, really quickly things that were so far out in left field that it's like, how did you get to that conclusion? <laughs> yeah. I guess for me, God damn, I, there, there was a certain point in the movie where it realized that she, they, they realized that she was, where or, or, or Babs was <laughs> interacting with them. And to me, it seemed like they picked up on that part way too soon, um, or like how like the how the game worked or something. I'm I'm totally forgetting exactly what it was that made me think that. But yeah, there was something that made me think. It's like okay, well that that seems a little too fast. Seemed like they would have needed a little more convincing for that. I mean, maybe not even necessarily in real life. Maybe the way they figured it out was more realistic, but not in a movie setting. Yeah. Like, you need a little more drama buildup. Right. Um, so, yeah. I, I don't think I necessarily disagree with you, but maybe not to the extent that you think. Okay. Well, it bugged me. Right. Because I remember thinking it at least twice, if not three or four times mm-hmm. throughout the course of the movie. But I mean, and it, the, I feel like the story was a little convoluted. It kept kind of like adding things on, and I'm like, "What? Wait, now they have to do what?" Yeah. And like you said, the the way you play the game was never fully fleshed out. Yeah, it's like as far as I could tell, there was no actual gameplay. Like you had three little skulls that were the game pieces, and what game comes with three pieces? Were there only three, or were the was that just because there was only three of them? Maybe, but there we only saw three pieces. That's true. It's like there weren't there weren't extra pieces in the box. How about how about this like weird supernatural mystical game came in a cardboard box? I know. <laughs> it's like something like Jumanji. That wasn't like this hand carved wooden box thing, right? <laughs> you would have thought this would have been a little more mystical and you know ominous looking. Well, and I, I thought it, I thought it was funny that the the box didn't match the aesthetics of the movie at all. Like you look at like the the poster, the cover, it's all like purple and you've got Barbara Crampton's giant floating head <laughs> over the gates and they're walking through the gates. But this is like all black and white and like cartoonish looking. Mm-hmm. And it looks like that. Who is that girl comic 
It was like the creepy girl comic that they sold at Hot Topic all the time. Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just, the, I mean, the the gameplay was not even there. Like, there was, there, there appeared to be no real way to play the game. It looked like the game just kind of happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the relevance of these people in their lives that represented the characters on the cards. It's like, I mean, they're basically like committing murder. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not just, basically they are. Yeah. Just to like win a game. Are. Um, that may or may not have something to do with their dad. Right. They're kind of taking a leap of faith there. Yeah, and it's like there's so much more that you'd think their their dad would be involved in, and he's he's like in like the last five minutes of the movie. Or no, he's he's in the movie for like five minutes at the end, or yeah. near, near the end, and that's really it. So I felt like there was a lot of things missing from this. I don't know if maybe it's just stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor, or if they just weren't there to begin with, but. The story was just not fluid enough for my liking. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So. so. What did you like about it? Um, What did I like about it? <laughs> I thought the acting was good. The acting was good. Um, Crampton's always great. Um, you know, like, like we said, Graham Skipper somehow manages to overact, but make it work. <laughs> um, Bria Grant is, is good all the time. I like the, um, the way it was shot was good. Like I played Hank. I wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah. That guy was in, um, uh, what's that? Uh, Dance of the dead. Oh, was he? Yeah. He was like the, the asshole redneck kid. So he's typecast. <laughs> yeah. Um, he or sorry um yeah like i said it was it looked like it was shot pretty well i mean i liked the use of color that that was what i was going to say next is like the the color palette of the movie the blues and the purples especially when when it comes to the theme of the game um that was really cool i mean that kind of look seems like it could be overused in the horror genre but it actually seemed to work really it fit. well um, and I, I mean, I lo- I've loved the throwback theme to the VHS games. They actually referred to, um, when they were, they were talking about VHS games and John brought up games like Nightmare and Gatekeeper, which are actually different versions of Atmosphere. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, I thought that was cool, but yeah, I, like I had or my, I should say my brother had atmosphere when I was a kid. I had another game. Um, it was called the uh, dragon strike. I think it was a, a dungeons and dragons board game, but it had like, a, actually it didn't, the VHS wasn't relevant to the gameplay. It was like basically like a precursor to the game. Like you'd watch the VHS and then play the game. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I always had fun with those VHS games. And I, was kind of bummed out when they kind of fell out of favor 
So that throwback was was fun for me. Um, so I mean, I guess that's that's what I liked, and I liked the general premise. That's the thing is, I, I really like the premise, but I think that they could have fleshed it out a little better. Yeah, the execution was lacking. Yeah, like I would have liked to have seen more of the gameplay. So I actually kind of, because like I I have a cup of uh, Jumanji. I have it. Mm-hmm. It's not really anything like the movie at all. Sure. <laughs> and it's not actually very fun. <laughs> but like, I would like to have seen enough of the game where I could say I could see going out and buying this mm-hmm. if they were to make a uh, game. I don't, I don't know where you're going with this. I can't help you. <laughs> like, like, like a suit, like not souvenir, but you know, like a novelty uh, or no, not uh, just an actual version of it. Yes. Does that work? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say, but I, you know, I, I wish they could have shown enough where that if they actually made a version, I would know how to play it without actually going and reading the instructions. Right. I would at least have some kind of loose idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed to me like the game itself was kind of like Clue. Most most board games are Clue. <laughs> but it like it's like the board itself was the house. And it's like it took them forever to realize that this was actually their house. Um and you basically move from room to room and do you're basically, I guess you flip a card when you move to a new room or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway, um, but it's not like it's not like Clue where you roll the dice to figure out how many spaces you're going to move, and you have to get you have to get to you know you have to move a certain number of spaces to get to the next room. It kind of seemed like you just rolled the dice, and it doesn't matter how many spaces were on there, you move to the next room. <laughs> and so just that's where the whole game did the pieces move by themselves, me. or am I imagining that? Uh, I think I swear both. I, yeah, I was gonna say I remember at one point Graham Skipper being like two, three, four, but then there was another scene where I swear they moved by themselves. So. Yeah, he took a piece off the board or something, and it moved back. That's what it was. Okay, and she's like, I think you just pissed her off. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I just would have liked to see, have seen it fleshed out a little more. Yeah, seemed like it kind of ambled along in the middle right it just, it just kind of seemed like the board was there as kind of like i'm a, a mcguffin type of yeah thing. almost <laughs> anyway uh anything else to say about this um, final thoughts uh no not really all right <laughs> um i thought i was gonna have something but no not really okay i wanted to like it more I, I like all the people in it. But. Yeah. Based on who was in it, um, based on things that I had heard and, and read about it, I thought I was going to like this way more. Yeah. And so I was kind of disappointed when I when I didn't really care for it all that much. I, I didn't, like I said, I just said earlier, I didn't dislike it, I guess. So, um but I'm not at the point where I'm going to recommend it to anyone. Yeah. But, um, 
but it's on Netflix. So if you already have a subscription, I mean, it's free. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you can't find anything else to watch, why not? Yeah. Um, is this took me a couple of tries to watch it. So I started, I mean, I was, I started watching it pretty late at night, which was probably my first mistake. Um, but I got like halfway through it before I started nodding off. And then like, I'd wake up and like back up to where the last part I remembered and watch, watch it through again. Then I start falling asleep again <laughs> and I have to keep back. I, I kept doing that for like a few hours. Um, then I'm just, I'm just like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to watch it in the morning. And I watched it on a plane. Yeah. There's that. So I had to keep like pausing and it's like, no, I don't want a fucking soda. <laughs> all right. Well, um, so I guess all things considered. Actually, you go first. I want to I hear what you're going to say. I'm going to give it a five. Five. I think it's, you know, worth a watch. Nothing spectacular, but it's also not terrible. Yeah. Not hard to watch. I think five is fair. Yeah, I, I, I consider giving it a four. That seems a little harsh. I'll say five. Five it is. So here we are, guys. The end of the episode. We've come to another end of another episode. This is where... Oh, my God. <laughs> this is uh, historically where our episodes start to fall apart. <laughs> Because Which is why we end them. Yeah, <laughs> just stop talking now. We just we just can't seem to figure out how the fuck to end an episode. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we were supposed to have a, a guest with us here, or not with us, but we were supposed to do an interview today. Um, there was scheduling issue, not scheduling, but just time conflicts. Yeah. Um. So we're shooting for that for next episode. So hopefully that'll happen. If not, it'll happen eventually. Next episode is going to be our first ever Independence Day special. Yep. We will be watching uh, Uncle Sam as well as... <laughs> I totally forgot to pick a movie. <laughs> pick one now. Go. Ah, oh, shit. I don't even remember. What were some of the things on the list? Red, white, and blue. The Washingtonians. Election year. Not watching election year. <laughs> we are never watching election year. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Listen to the woman, John. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, you fat piece of shit? <laughs> calm down. Just calm down. Werewolf of Washington. You should pick that one. <laughs> because it has Dean Stockwell? Yes. <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes. <laughs> okay. So those two movies. For America. Uh, so that'll be fun. I can't wait to watch Uncle Sam. <laughs> it has Isaac Hayes. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's going to be in a couple weeks. Two of them. Two weeks. Uh, let see. I don't know what happens. We do so well through the entire episode, and then the end just goes to shit. Um, I 
guess we just don't know what to say. Or I don't know what to say. Anyway, so, okay, so make sure you subscribe to the show and leave you. us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Uh, also, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter at Grave underscore Plot. And also make sure to check out Patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. Yep. Okay, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, I'll say that we'll be back in a couple weeks because I have to say that like half a dozen times at the end of every episode. I gotta, I'm gonna write a script or something just how I'm gonna end every episode. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot better. I'm not actually gonna do it. It's gonna be a mess forever. Uh, so we'll see you in a couple weeks. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. <laughs> Sounds so disappointed. I am. In me or and just you. <laughs> Fuck it. This has been the Great Pot Podcast where we're all a little dead inside.